Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I really want to thank you for tuning in again, and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.health slash reviews, where you could rate and review today's guest, because he's an outstanding healthcare contributor. His name is Michael Nusimov. Dr. Chrono is focused on the ambulatory medical space, and I could give kind of a quick overview of what Dr. Chrono does, kind of give you the elevator pitch. So what we've done at Dr. Chrono is we've built the world's best mobile electronic health record focused on the iPad and iPhone platform. And that's targeted at the ambulatory medical practice. So any private practice outside of a hospital is in our target market. And we kind of start off with an iPad electronic health record. We were actually the first company to ever launch an electronic health record app in the iTunes app store. We launched in April, 2010, right when the iPad first came out onto the market. And we've been voted the number one mobile electronic health record by BlackBook rankings for the last five years, really ever since they started tracking the category. And we're also the only ambulatory EHR that's a mobile enterprise partner with Apple. So we get to work very closely with them as a preferred partner on building our product and coordinating very closely with them on healthcare strategy and how we can bring the iPad and and our software to the broader medical market. And that's kind of where we start off and kind of I think our business has a one-two punch, and and the first punch, what really is kind of the tip of the spear, is the iPad EHR that is very distinctive on the market, really has gotten a lot of tension. And our our second punch, kind of the follow-up or the shaft of the spear that follows through, is taking over a doctor's something called revenue cycle management, or RCM. And basically what that is, is we give the doctor software and or services to do all the work for that doctor or that medical practice to get paid by insurance companies and patients. And that's kind of the main economic engine of what our service is doing is taking care of of those point of care tools. A doctor needs to, you know, when a doctor's in the exam room with the patient, the goal is everything they can do, everything they need to do for that patient. They don't need any paperwork. They don't need a laptop computer. They don't need a fax machine or, or anything else. They can do it all right on their iPad and iPhone. They can document clinical notes, send a prescription, including controlled substances that require, you know, DA approval, things like Vicodin and very powerful pain medications. They can do all of that work right on the iPhone and iPad and at the point of care. And then the big upsell later is kind of taking over their revenue. Michael, this is very interesting and it sounds very seamless. And before we dive into a little bit deeper on on your thoughts on hot topics in healthcare, what is it that got you into health to begin with? So my background is I am a software developer, as is my co-founder, Dan. We, we actually both went to college together. And after college, I studied to be a computer engineer and, and a software developer. I went to go work for a really great company in the financial services space called Bloomberg LP in New York City. Really awesome company. And I was there for about eight years working on building software. And it was really a very set of personal experiences that got me interested in healthcare. 
I was not working in healthcare. I knew very little about the business side of the space. But as a consumer, as a patient myself, and also as a, a family member, helping to care for my parents and specifically my father who had a lot of health issues, I just kind of saw from the patient's point of view, the consumer point of view, what it's like to go into the healthcare system. And I got to see a few parts of it. Walking into, you know, circa 2006 to 2008, walking into the average doctor's office, they hand you a paper clipboard to fill out. And you fill that out. And I, re- I distinctly recall helping my father, who had a lot of serious health issues, filling out two or three page form about a health history. And every time I went to a different doctor with my father and had to fill out his health history, I'd be in the waiting room helping him because he had some vision problems. And he had a lot of different health things going on. He was taking over 15 different prescription drug medications. He unfortunately had a, a few hospitalizations every year due to emergencies, due to his health condition. And every time I filled out some form and we're seeing a doctor or a specialist, I recall putting different information down, right? Because they're asking you to summarize a ton of info and I'm just doing it from my own memory and from my father's memory. And every single doctor, I'm sure I gave a different story because it was just counting on what I happen to remember the day we're in the waiting room. And when you go in and sit in in the doctor's office, the majority of healthcare doctors were still on paper medical records. So no matter how ill you are, something I've learned is the doctor still only gives you about 10 minutes of face time when they're seeing you. They just, the way economics are set up, they just don't have more time to spend with you. And, you know, imagine a doctor sitting down with someone with a very complex medical history and that manila folder filled with paper is two inches thick. How are they going to look through that in 10 minutes? and still have a meaningful conversation of moving you forward with your health and specifically dealing with a very complex health issues and managing someone's care is having multiple health problems and adherence problems. And the answer is it's really difficult. You know, so I saw that most doctors in the ambulatory space didn't have great tools. They didn't have electronic tools available to them to help them. And they're kind of drowning in paper. I would also share that I saw this first time with my father I recall going to Cornell Medical Center in New York City, which is really a world-class facility. If you're ill and you're lucky enough to be able to go to Cornell Medical Center for medical care, you're really lucky, you know, in the worldwide scope of things. But at the time I went to Cornell with my father and I was sitting in the exam room with my father, the doc, they were on some enterprise level EHR system. I don't really know which one it was or, you know, I don't want to pick a fight with them, but it was, I could kind of see it. The doctor, you know, waiting in the exam room. And the doctor comes in and there's a workstation built into the wall. And the doctor's using a a PC, you know, with a mouse and keyboard, you know, with his back facing me and my father, who are the patients in the exam room. He's kind of working at this workstation and really engaged for a full 20 minutes with the workstation and kind of throwing care over his right shoulder at my father and and at me, Mm -hmm. asking us questions, typing along, using the mouse and keyboard. And I could kind of see what the software looked like because the monitor is facing us. And it looked terrible. It was, you know, it looked like the settings screen for Windows 95. When you go into settings, show me all my printer settings. And there were a hundred text entries that required the mouse and keyboard to navigate. And there's several of these screens walking the doctor through their whole exam. So just being a software developer, I saw that and I'm like, wow, that Mm -hmm. was kind of the disparity I saw at small doctor's offices. You got a lot of FaceTime, a lot of eye contact with your doctor but they're kind of drowning in paper and they're struggling to meet efficiency to kind of really know what's going on. And at the enterprise EHR space, I just saw a huge opening of, and this is typical of a lot of enterprise software, but it's you know software that's very out of touch with what the doctors 
the providers, the nurses, the kind of care they would like to give, and also what the patient expects. You know, if you walk out of a 20-minute visit and you're having serious health issue and the doctors did not make eye contact with you, now recall my father sharing with me at that time, you know, he was like, hey, we waited four months for this visit. This guy, if I walk back in there, that guy would not recognize me. <laughs> Apart yeah. from whatever he might have seen on his screen, he didn't That's even troubling. look at me. Yeah, you feel, even though they're great doctors there and, and they're excellently trained and giving amazing care, it takes a lot away from that interaction. So that's what, you know, kind of a very personal story of what got me interested in the healthcare space was just seeing for smaller ambulatory practices, not having access to that technology, not being able to go out and buy a $50 million hospital enterprise system. And then even in these larger health systems that did go out and had the $50 million to go and buy one of these giant enterprise software systems, so much is left to be desired in how the real frontline users, the doctors, the nurses, the providers, and the patients and their families, like how they're going to be treated and how they're going to interact in such a system. So that really inspired me. It showed me there was a market opportunity and also that there was good work to be done there. And that's really kind of what got me inspired into found Dr. Crono and to get into the healthcare space was just seeing, hey, if we put better technology in, in the smaller doctor's hands, the smaller ambulatory practices, there's an open market there. They need the help. They'll be grateful for it. And that's you know one way to kind of, hopefully that technological innovation would go from those early adopters and push its way up market to the large enterprise systems, which are also kind of probably meeting a lot of needs. There's a lot of reasons the hospitals buy them. They're doing a lot more, you know, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg. The doctor-patient interaction is really the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, 90% of the work that happens in a hospital is kind of beneath that surface. So I've learned a tremendous amount over the last nine years about, <laughs> you know, if you want to impact and make the point of care better, you also have to have an answer for that 90% of the work that happens underneath the surface after the patient leaves the room, there's, you've only done 10% of the work <laughs> for that. Yep. Visit. There's still a lot more to do on the bureaucratic side, on the insurance side, on the collection side, on the medical compliance side. So there's so much more that has to get done. And you kind of need a holistic answer to the whole iceberg, the whole 100%, if you want to make the doctor-patient interaction better. And that's what I've, we're really working towards at Dr. Crono is, you know, we have an amazing, I think we've built the best point of care tool in the world on the iPad for doctors to treat their patients. But that's not enough. In isolation, doctors can't just pick that up and use it. We need a solution for their medical billing, for their lab ordering. We give them, you know, an API solution for, you know, the possibly dozens of other vendors they're going to have to interoperate with. So you really need to give kind of a holistic solution for the whole medical business, you know, the whole, the medical side, the business side, the legal side, in order to improve that one point of care tool. For sure, Michael, and, and appreciate you sharing that story. What would you say one of the things that you guys have done to create results or improve outcomes with Dr. Crono? So one thing I would focus on, I would like to believe that I've definitely heard personal stories of doctors using our tools and, and having more time to have FaceTime with their patients, kind of, you know, if you take care of a lot of the bureaucratic work, like getting the notes done, getting the billing codes in, getting all the orders and follow-ups that's routed. I really think it creates a space where the doctor can have a more human interaction, have a real FaceTime interaction with their patient and see what else is going on. This is, I actually had dinner a couple of weeks ago with one of our first users who's a doctor down in Orange County. And he shared a story with me that, you know, he had a patient who was having a lot of health issues 
And, you know, he just had to take kind of five minutes aside in one visit to ask this patient about, you know, how they were dealing with the death of a family member that was really impacting them. And it really created a human connection. And, you know, it kind of tied it together for me that, hey, there's, when you do build better tools and, and you could take care of a lot of that work, you know, it creates a, that opportunity for doctors to really connect with their patients and really, you know, sometimes cut through a lot of the bureaucracy and red tape that happens in the healthcare space and really try and help people. So I'd like to think there's a very qualitative part of what we do. I would say in order to achieve that, we're really focused. I think this year we've been really focused on the quantitative business of how doctors and how ambulatory medical practices, you know, small, medium, and large run their business. And that's something we've really focused on. We've really turned our eyes to, we are actually doing for all of our existing software customers and for most of our new customers, our new potential customers who we're talking to, we're starting to do something called an ROI analysis on their medical billing. And it's kind of a return on investment. And we look at what they're spending to get all of this bureaucratic work done of all that beneath the waterline, 90% of the iceberg work on getting your medical claims coded and out the door and filed and admitted into the insurance company and paid and deal with the rejections and getting those bills to the patients in a timely way. And we're really just asking ourselves, like, you know, one of the overall themes is how could we make it zero work for this doctor, for this medical practice to get all of their revenue from insurance companies and patients? What if it was zero work on their part? They had no staff sitting in their back office crunching and fighting with insurance companies, you know, calling up and having to bother patients? What if all of that was taken off their hands, just like when you buy an iPhone, you know, you know you're going to be able to do phone call, text and email and, and get all this great stuff. What if it's just all zero work for them? And that's kind of our goal. And with these ROI analysis, we're breaking down how much doctors are spending and how much medical practices in, in the ambulatory space are spending doing billing themselves how much they're spending with all in with their cost of contractors and software and everything. And we're also looking at the results they're getting and we're taking public data sets from the MGMA and other sources. And we're just helping doctors compare apples to apples and say, Hey, look, this is what you're spending to get these results. And, you know, we're finding that most medical specialties, if you were to ask the average doctor or even the CEO of the average, you know, ambulatory healthcare company, how is your business doing as a business compared to national averages, most doctors and, and most medical practices cannot answer that question. And they may have a feeling they're doing better. They may have a sneaking fear they're doing worse. But I think having that conversation, really making it a very data focused thing of how much you're spending and how, what results you're getting, I think has been very powerful. And I think we really care. We started the company to really focus on that journey of improving the doctor patient interaction. But in order to do that, you really have to make sure as I said, all those other bases are covered. And I think that's one thing we're looking at, improving the economic outcomes of doctors, making them more successful as business people. But I think to me, how it ties back to our original mission is if it was zero work on the doctor and their staff's part to get paid and they got paid well, <laughs> you know, where they don't feel they're being ripped off by the insurance companies and, and we could tell them when they're getting underpaid on a contract with an insurance company, we could tell them, you know, when they're being underpaid on specific procedures if we give them that analytics and it's very, it's like zero work on their part, then a hundred percent of that, the doctor's work and the staff's work and all the providers and nurses in a practice, a hundred percent of their attention will be on the patient and giving them great care and getting them good outcomes health wise. So that's kind of how we're approaching it in a very pragmatic way of balancing the economic needs of the business to do well and to be able to pay everyone and, and have confidence there. And also just taking that burden 
off of their time, off of the staff, off of just even the fear they have. So much of what I see when I talk with average doctors and average medical practices, so much of the bureaucracy and wasted effort is being put into just getting the doctor paid. There's a lot of you know fear and superstition around it about how it works. And I think when you just shine a light on it, when you really just break it down for them and compare it to public data sets that show them how, how the medical business is running nationally, it gives them a lot of peace of mind. You know, if a doctor is doing for sure. the national averages, we can assure them, hey, we're going to get you closer to those national averages. And if they're doing, you know, at or above the national averages, it comes to, hey, how can we keep getting you these amazing results and make it less work on your part and lower your expenses, you know, and focus your time and your staff's time on the patient and take over that heavy lifting, the, the real dirty work of getting, you know, medical bills paid. Well, Michael, there's no doubt that you've taken a personal experience that with your dad and, you know, everything that was going on in New York, and you've put together a team, a technology, a solution, and you're offering so much that's going to help improve outcomes for patients because, you know, these physicians are going to have extra time. And it's also going to help outcomes by way of better business results with this new uh, service that you're offering. So I just want to say congratulations to you and your team for all the things that you've put together. As we near the end of this podcast episode, wishing that we had another 10, 20 minutes, but I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll make a part two for this. I want to just put together a quick leadership course for the listeners on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It is the 101 or ABCs of Michael Nusimov. And so I've got four questions, lightning round style for you, followed by a book and a podcast that you'd recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? From my view as the CEO of Dr. Crano, one of our core values is having an open platform, having an open set of APIs, and really being open to working with everyone. And what I kind of digging in deeper, what, what I think that means is if you go to work with the average electronic health record company in the United States, there's kind of a gauntlet facing you, a huge obstacle of even seeing their API documentation, if they have an API. You could look forward to a six-month process of signing contracts with them, paying them tens of thousands of dollars just to be able to see if they have an API you can integrate with. You know, and they may not, even at the end of this journey. So to me, I think that's one of the most egregious things broken is that the EHR companies see their customers' data as belonging to the HR company, which is wrong. And they also see every other company in the healthcare space as a competitor that they cannot work with. And it's really killed collaboration and innovation. And it's left the world with these huge silos of healthcare data and with these giant enterprise systems that don't talk to anybody. There's two hospitals right down the road from each other can't, you know, can't transfer patients electronically, can't communicate with each other. So that's kind of one of my goals would be, it's something we try and aspire to at Dr. Crono. If you go to drcrono.com slash API, our API documentation is public. We've got a really darn good API that we've gotten a lot of kudos for and I think is industry leading. And you could sign up for a free account and start building on that API in a sandbox mode with just your account in under two minutes. And then you could contact us and work with us. And we're really committed to working with everyone as well. There's companies where that are doing a lot of amazing, innovative work in the healthcare space that are just starting started up. And we want to work with everyone. We want to make it easy for them to build on our API and even make it really easy for our users with zero work, 
How could I just flip on this switch or go log into this site with my Dr. Chrono ID and connect this service like ZocDoc, like Demand Force, like a clinical tool or a business tool? How can I connect that into all the data in my EHR and just have it work without a lot of headaches? So I would say, you know, reiterate is really opening up the data in the platform, having open APIs anyone can use and build on, and also really being open to working with other companies. You know, we're a startup in the healthcare space. We can't, we realize like, the only way we'll be successful is if we work with everyone, not if we kind of like keep everyone at arm's length and keep them away from our users and away from our data. And you want to do it in a secure way that follows HIPAA and everyone signs BAAs. But it's just that willingness to say, hey, we'll start working with you on day one. We want to work with startups and get, you know, help them get their first five, 10 users onto their platform. And it's just kind of that openness and willingness to work. Love it, Michael. Hey, listen, uh, this has been a, a great time together. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could get in touch with you. Sure. So there's two really good ways to get in touch with me. One would be if you're you know, a startup or, or someone working in the healthcare IT space, you could go to drcrono.com slash API and sign up for an account there. And someone in Dr. Crono's business development team will, you can know, We'll build a relationship with you and talk to you. Also, anyone who's listening to this podcast who wants to talk with me, you can email me directly at CEO at drcrono.com. I'm pretty efficient at email. I usually always, almost always get through almost all of my emails every week or <laughs> at least read them and, and we'll try and route people to the right best person at Dr. Crono to speak with them. And as far as a closing thought, I, I think really I probably should just rest on the openness because I think that's a really good closing thought and, and will be considerate of the time we have. But I think just the willingness to work with everybody and the investment in technology, I truly believe that's kind of one of our core beliefs will really help improve healthcare. You know, there's a lot of amazing people I get to work with every day, our customers and our partners who are doing, you know, really smart people working really hard and we're committed to improving healthcare. And I really do believe if people are willing to work together and make investments in good technology and good process and good people that, you know, we can really dramatically take care of that 90% of that iceberg work, kind of some of the dirty work and the hidden work in the healthcare space. And we could really shrink that down and put a lot more resources into that patient healthcare doctor interaction, which I think is what everyone wants more and more of in the healthcare space. And I think we could cut out a lot more of that bureaucracy. And there's a much bigger win if we cut down on all the back office work, all of the bureaucrats who are sitting there pushing healthcare claims around and just focus on automating a lot of that process and focusing on the doctor-patient, you know, and kind of the patient journey. Michael, I love your passion, and I love the bottom-up approach that you're taking to tackle some of these biggest problems. And just want to say a big thank you to you for the time that you've spent with us. And for the listeners, to get a hold of the links that Michael shared, including their APIs and, and some of the things that they're doing at, at Dr. Chrono, just go to outcomesrocket.health.com. Chrono. That's C-H-R-O-N-O. You'll be able to pull that up. So thanks again so much, Michael. This has been a ton of fun and really excited to, to keep up with the progress and the big advancement you guys are moving there. Great. Thank you, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 